everyone. I'm Sandra Ingerman, and welcome to the Shaman's Cave. And today we are going to talk about gratitude, which is an energy we should be weaving into the collective every day. But November seems to be a special month when we talk a little bit more about the power of gratitude. Absolutely. And I'm a little bit grateful today. And uh, that we've kind of moved through something in this country, in the United States. And I don't know if we're at the end of it, but I'm grateful that there's some resolution so that we can get onto the business of being grateful. <laughs> That's true. You know, as a side note, I had a really strange download yesterday. I mean, oh. really strange download yesterday. Um that all the division that's been created in the world through, you know, out the years and everything that's been going on is actually a positive thing. That we got a little too global. We tried to unify everybody, you know, the internet, the one web. Um, everything was about global ceremonies, bringing people together globally. But what we were doing in a lot of ways, and, and this is something I'm just starting to think about, what we were doing in a lot of ways was we're, we're trying to put all these cultures together that actually do have a lot of different beliefs and a lot of different ways that they live their lives. And what I've been sharing on the Shaman's Cave and all my recent workshops is that it's time to come back into small communities again. Mm. And so I wonder if the division that got created from so much of the strife going on between the COVID and the fires and, and the president election, but other elections and other countries was to bring people back into their local communities again, more into a tribal, you know, not going back to an old, the old tribal way of living, but a, a tribal consciousness where you care and you help and you take care of the, of the people and the nature beings where you live instead of trying to take care of the whole entire planet. Anyway, it was an interesting download that came in yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I had a similar this week. I had one with, um, I was thinking about, I have the dynamic wind patterns of creativity that I teach in the wind work. And I was thinking about that oppositional forces is actually a, a pattern of creation. And so there's a story of the a Maori story where uh, Rangi and Papa, they were so in love. They were so like what you're just talking about, that global, like trying to bring everything in that there was no there was no wind. There was no room for any other life forms to be had. And so it created dissension in the, it, it created dissension. And what ended up happening was um, uh, Tyro Matea, the, the wind god, had to come in and be a force to separate Rangi and Papa, Papa from each other so that there could be 
a spaciousness again. So, you know, like what you said, that if we collapsed ourselves into like this one community when we really aren't, then there could be, we need that wind space. And, you know, that just absolutely makes sense because in, in, as we developed as human beings, tribes were based on your language. In, they were like people who speak the same language. And so uh, people who speak the same language, they could tend to have more common commonalities than we're trying to, you know, get everyone from every which place. Like I get that a lot, like, oh, which solstice are you celebrating? Well, I'm in the North, so I'm celebrating the North solstice. Well, how do I read your book? Do I flip it upside down on its head? And I'm thinking like, well, I don't know. Maybe you have to, but I wrote it from the Northern hemisphere's perspective, not the Southern hemisphere. And it's like, we try to like, I want to be all things to all those people. It's like, well, I can't be. No, no. And and that's the point is we're trying to be everything to everyone. And, and I think um, before we start looking at the big picture and healing the planet, we now need to go back and heal our local communities again because there's been a lot of division in our local communities, but our local communities are also our strength. As I share constantly um, in shamanic cultures, uh, communities were seen as um, one organism. And so if we could go back and start to look at where we live as an organism and we have neighbors who are cutting down old growth trees who we don't know what to do with, you know, on Facebook, people are freaking out and asking for help. What do you do with these neighbors? We have um, neighbors uh, killing animals in brutal ways. And, and then we have neighbors coming together to do shamanic journeys and to cook for each other and to help. And so what happens is when you only have your small community, you learn how to work these things out because you're living together very closely and you don't have the distractions when you're always focusing on the greater world outside of where you live. Absolutely. You know, and that's one of the reasons that I'm doing that apprenticeship next year is I want people to have a place where they can really feel supported, like where they could have that support to spring out to get back into teaching in their own communities. Because I, I don't, I think the days are gone. Like you used to travel, used to travel 40 weeks of the year. And it's like, that doesn't seem like that's what my future destiny holds for me. So it feels like my work is to get people ready to teach in their own communities and how to hold space in their communities instead of, you know, us running around the world. And we've talked about this where I felt like all of a sudden I didn't feel like going back to Peru because I thought like, why I can just trample all over your, your relics. Well, I can go out to the Canyon right up the street here. And, you know, it's called old in, old dead Indians Canyon. And because people used to travel there and it's, it's got as much history as, you know, Machu Picchu, you know, really. Yeah. There's many years of watching us. 
That's great. Well, you know, in in around the year 2000, ISIS, my spiritual teacher came to me and said, it's time for you to start training teachers. She said, we're coming to a time when it's people are not going to be able to travel anymore for workshops and they're not going to be able to afford to travel to workshops. It's going to be both the physical and the economical. So she said, I want you training really great teachers in local communities so that everybody gets has the opportunity to get good shamanic trainings, not just who lives near some one famous teacher. And so that was how I started my teacher trainings all over the world. I have hundreds of teachers all over the world so people actually can find a local um, teacher and practitioner that that they can work with and um, and I, I just think um, I think it's time for us to the reason I think it's time for us to come back to a community way of life, is because that's where we find solutions about the bigger issues. Right now, the bigger issues are so big and so overwhelming. And my way of working is to start small, start start finding small solutions for small things. And as you find a solution for one thing, a solution appears for the next, a solution appears for the next. And so if we start in our small communities looking at how we can be caretakers of the earth a little bit better um, and how we can support each other in the community, um, won't we end up finding solutions that worked in our community that will work? for bigger areas of the earth. And I I don't mean to delve away from the topic of gratitude. <laughs> gratitude is actually part of living in a community. I am a real loner, I'm a hermit, but when I talk to my friends and students who are part of a local community, who are cooking meals for each other right now and talking to each other on Zoom, my God, the healing that's going on. And you start with that step and then you go from there. Yeah, gratitude is such a key thing because I can always tell how my spiritual conditioning is based on how joyful I am and how, you know, am I like upset that I didn't get for myself or am I grateful that I took my first wind breath this morning? And and when it's just as simple as, Wow, I woke up breathing today. I mean, that's pretty amazing if you think about it, that the human body wakes up and takes a breath every, you know, that you don't stop breathing and that you wake up. I mean, we we, we look for these mind-bending things of magic, but to me, the human body is the most magical of all. And if we can start with our gratitude for the simple things like opening up the refrigerator and there's something in there to drink like what a, how great is that um or that there's water i think i've told this story before but after i did my hembleche i was on the mountain for three days and three nights without water and and the when i got in front of that water spigot one would think that i would have turned it on and put my 
you know, mouth under it to, to drain in, but it was more like I dabbled a little bit on the handkerchief and, you know, dabbled my, my lips. Cause I was so very excited that, and I had reverence. I think gratitude and reverence are really inter interlinked, like to really come to something with new eyes and look at it with a new heart is to me the the blessing of gratitude. Yeah, and it, it, it's going to be really interesting because you're right, Renee, um, reverence. I don't think you can separate reverence from gratitude. I really don't. And I think that we do um, we do uh, get gratitude and and can enter more into a state of reverence when we start to look at um, the gifts that come from a lot of the challenges that we're in. And it's going to be really interesting to watch what happens in the near future because a lot of people in the world right now are in extreme PTSD. And my work has always been to be is to work with PTSD. And I wrote a book, Soul Retrieval, Mending the Fragmented Self on that. And I know for myself, the reason I'm an expert in PTSD is because of, you know, we all become experts in what we need to learn um, because of all my PTSD. And when you go into a state of PTSD, you don't see the beauty and you don't see the colors. You don't see the vibrancy. Things look dead. Um, you can't hear the birds singing. Um, life takes on a duller quality when you get into a PTSD state. So we all have to find ways where what I've been doing for the last month or so and, you know, I've trained thousands of practitioners how to do soul retrievals all over the world. But I'm being called to really focus on doing my own soul retrieval and slowly calling back in those parts of myself that dissociated through nine years of severe trauma and um, trying to get back. But the gift and the gratitude I have right now is in teaching and in working with people, I could see how PTSD takes away your gratitude and takes away your ability to be in a state of revenance because you actually can't perceive the vibrancy of life. Everything gets kind of dull um, and you hear that from people with PTSD. Yeah, that's a uh, that's an interesting thought that life life gets dull and flat, you know, you look at your paint palette. I was thinking um a couple, you know, there was the election re recently and I went outside and I hung up my American flag. And it wasn't so much for me as to who won, but I was grateful that I was an American where we could have an election, where a vote still counted for something. And, you know, and 
whether which side, it was just like the fact that the process, and I was fascinated by all of the checks and balances that had been put in over, over the centuries of, you know, how different states managed it, that, that things were, that there was reference there for, for what the forefathers and what the people before us knew about how greed and how, you know, we could become so narrowly focused that we would, we needed those checks and balances for a time like now where people couldn't get out to vote and people voted by mail. And, you know, there was just so much tension, but so the gratitude for me was that, wow, we have this, this right to vote. I mean, and it's just, it's like, I mean, I was like, I never looked at it to that moment as I'm hanging up the American flag. Yeah, yeah, that is, I think about, um, because I've been through some uh, really hard times, I think about how much worse, Um, you know, I I lay in bed and think about what women have to go through in many parts of the world and what children go through. My big trigger is children and and nature beings, and... um, so I can shift myself out of those self-pity moments and I can move into a state of gratitude that at least I have the ability to get some help um, for some of the things that I'm dealing with. And I have the ability to keep myself safe, um, which a lot of people um, don't have. And so the challenge every year for me, because every year on on Facebook, I've always wrote um, some kind of message for um, Thanksgiving. And the challenge for me is um, all the people who have no one, all the people who aren't going to have not just company and not just because of the COVID, They have no one in their lives. Um, They're just lonely people. Um, All the people who are in a crippled state um, who end up being ignored by their families and by their communities. Um, All the people who don't have money to celebrate um, Thanksgiving. So every year, I try to approach this issue a bit of praying for those who aren't sitting at some big table um, giving uh, big thank you speeches and, and gratitude for everything that we've had. So to show love and to emanate love and to emanate light and to find ways to create belonging, for people who have no place to go so that we can all live a life of of gratitude because without gratitude, and I can tell you without being able to hear the bird songs and see the vibrant colors of nature and the sun shining and care about whether the moon is full or, or new, um, this is what life is about. This is what we're here for, to be so thankful for everything, so thankful for everything, because behind every shadow state, there's some beautiful light 
um, inspired message for all of us. Um, we, we just have to open ourselves and we have to come back to ourselves. We have to come back home to ourselves. Mm, awesome. It got me thinking that I want to blow a, a wind for gratitude and that people can come as I'm blowing the wind, think of five things that they're most grateful for right in this moment and maybe put them in the chat box or put them on the YouTube box. Does that work? Oh, it's perfect. I don't, it just came in like, okay, we want a, a wind for gratitude. All right. So it's just going to be a, who knows which wind, which wind comes for you. All right. Close your eyes and think about what are the simple things you're grateful for today? Not the big complicated things, but just the five simple things that you're most grateful for right now in your life. I'm grateful for the wind whistle. Whenever I blow it, it just like changes everything immediately. <laughs> it was like um, the entire world stopped. And uh, I've been craving silence, a craving silence. And I got that silence that I've been craving. That was beautiful, Renee. Thank you so much. Well, just think about that Tyra Matea coming through and separating Rangi and Papa you know, so that spaciousness, you know, sometimes we collapse in upon ourselves and we forget to be grateful. And, and if we just expand ourselves out with an exhale, I'm grateful, you know, and, and, and it will shift everything in a, in a moment's notice. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is old news. It's everywhere, everywhere you turn on the, on the net. Um, uh, you know, we're all trying to raise our immune systems right now. And what is one of the, the best ways of raising your immune system is being in gratitude. And I have been struggling um, a lot with a physical disorder. And it's been hard for me to, to be uh, grateful. It's been really hard for me to be grateful. But I am moving into that next stage. Everything in life is a stage. Everything in life is a cycle. And you can't force um, some of these cycles. But I'm naturally moving into a gratitude cycle. And I'm naturally getting better. So um, 
that's just a little inspirational um, thought of the day. <laughs> I love that. So get better with us and get better with Chandra too. And join us over at shamanstv.com and make sure you subscribe to this channel on YouTube and join us over at the Shaman's Cave. And, you know, let's, let's hold this and let us know what you're grateful for. You know, turn that biggest struggle into your biggest gratitude moment and let us know and let's share the love um, this month and next month too. But let's start with writing out that, what your list of gratitude is. Yeah, I read the wall. Um, I don't comment on everything because I'm on a lot of Facebook pages, but I, I do want to say that um, I am really grateful for the consciousness raising post that a lot of you are putting on our wall right now. Thank you so much. It, it feels really beautiful to be part of our community. And for all of you who are on boycott of Facebook, you're also really welcomed in our community and we feel your love and we feel your support. So thank you everyone. Mm -hmm.